Like trying to explain basic mathematics to a Crystal Palace fan, supporting Charlton can often be an arduous and thankless business. That said, there's still plenty to love and celebrate about this great football club, and that's why we're here. Welcome to ModPod, the podcast from the team behind ModMag, the surprisingly good Charlton Athletic fanzine. Welcome to My Only Desire Podcast, or Mod Pod, as the cool kids are already calling it. Uh, my name's Gavin Villaness, and with me for our first outing are Mod Mag store Steve Charnock and Will Dalton, as well as Charlton Broadcasting legend Mr. Dave Lockwood. Is that is that right, Dave? Is that what you wanted me to say? Yeah, the five is in the post, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Dave, you were at, you were at the, uh, as I was, you were at the QPR game on Tuesday. What did you make of it? Um, it was very good game actually I really enjoyed it I, it was nice to see some positive football from Charlton um, I like the way that Ghana is trying to get the team to play um, we certainly didn't look like a League One outfit against a Championship outfit for, for most of the game we weren't out of place were we? we were not out of place I mean we said that when we were talking to each other and um, you know the team knew what their roles were they seemed to have I heard somebody else say this. The team seemed to have been told what their roles were. They knew what they had to do, and they were all doing what they had to do. Whereas QPR didn't really have that vibe about them. They they, they kind of felt, and I quite agree with that. I think that the, the Charlton team did know what they were was expected of them, what they were doing. Um, there were some great little links and in interplay. Jack Payne eventually did get into the game I thought he started off quite quietly but then he picked himself up and came into the game I think um, Jake Forster Kasky I thought was fantastic um, and I, I loved the partnership with uh, O'Connell and Lavelle at the back as well um, I thought they looked um, really really comfortable together so yeah I, I, I was really really pleased with, with the uh, the performance on on Tuesday night and the second half performance from last Saturday as well. Is it too soon to get excited? I, I of course, was... yeah, of course it's too soon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, I came away feeling really positive. You know. That's good, you, normally you're kind of semi-suicidal. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm already thinking we might stay up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to survive. <laughs> and we liked Jack Payne then, did we? Because I don't know, I don't know if like being 32 years old is too old to have a favourite player. But I feel like my favourite player might be Jack Payne, just from the little snippets I've seen so far. I'm from Swindon as well. Looks like a crowd pleaser. He is a, a tiny crowd pleaser. Yeah. yeah. No, he is. Tenacious is a word I'd use. There's a great moment. That, that's it? the exact word. Yeah, tenacious. He is, he is that kind of like, I don't know, the Jack Russell snapping at the heels of the bigger dog, isn't it? Well, there was a great moment, wasn't it, where he yeah. squared up to their centre half. Yeah. It was about six foot eight. And it was like the, the the mascot was having a go at him. Yeah, it was. Brilliant. It was great. So yeah, I I, I think Gav, I think um, so far so good. Uh, I mean, obviously this is recorded prior to Sheffield Wednesday, so and it will go out after the Sheffield Wednesday game. So we don't know what the result's going to be there, uh, and we could all be doom and gloom again. But um, so far so good. And obviously with the uh, the lad from Palace whose name I can't remember and can't say off the top of my head. It's Jez Raksaki, I believe. That's it, yeah, that's it. Very good. That's, Thank yeah, you. Thank yeah. you, Steve. Good JRS. memory. Yeah, my memory's going. <laughs> JRS. Go JRS. <laughs> I liked his interview when he, was, when he first joined. JRS? Yeah. <laughs> people oh, people were crit critical of him on social media. I just thought he was relaxed. 
Why were they at home in a new environment, relaxed, and um, yeah, people say he was miserable or whatever, but I don't know. He didn't look that happy to be here, did he? It's probably it's probably nerves, I guess. That was slightly look like kind of um, hostages reading a script, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> like in front of the camera, I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. Um, the, Two the, seconds beforehand, Ollie <laughs> Green was whipping off a black bag. Yeah. I, I mentioned the playing style. Mentioned the playing style. The playing style. <laughs> mentioned, the the, mentioned the massive club and the tradition. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm disappointed with with Ollie that he didn't go with. The, the lead on um, uh, on social media. Welcome to South London. Yeah, yeah, he should have done. And that would have really been petty, but fantastic. Yeah. It really would have been so. I got sacked a few years ago. That's absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We won't we mention that. Uh, yeah. Getting a win from the Surrey border on like in a reserve game once, taking three points home from the Surrey border. Yeah, that's the kind of pettiness we can get behind. But, uh, but one thing I've noticed about the three games that I've that I was really paranoid about. Having seen the small amount of Ben Gunners football, just that kind of football that happens now, I was just convinced we were going to be pratting about at the back, like passing back to the goalkeeper. We didn't need to losing the ball. God, there's an own goal coming, <clears throat> and I've not seen any evidence of that. And that's been the most, like the, the football's been quite free flowing, quite nice. But the fact that we're not messing around at the back, that's. But do you know what? Thing. Before a ball was kicked, there's so much was made of the attacking uh, high press, you know, playing out from the back football. I'm kind of thinking, don't tell everyone how we're going <laughs> to play. <laughs> yeah. and then, so, but then the flip side to that is maybe, maybe it's all a ruse. Maybe we're not going to just play like that all the time. Maybe we got route one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jaden, every game. I've exactly. got to say, Wallacott made a great, great first performance last week against, um, against Derby. And the saves he made in that first half, well, we should have been 4-0 down, let's face it. We, we, were, we were absolutely slaughtered in that first half. Yeah. And... and and you know how everybody was looking at each other and laughing. We won that bloody hell. We don't normally do things like that, do we? And and it was it was just nice to come out of that game afterwards. But looking back and seeing actually, yeah, Wallacott, the saves that he made and his positioning and and his reactions was was, was something else. I think. He, yeah, he looks you know, he looks the real deal, doesn't yeah. he? And, and he's and he's coming for crosses despite only being about yeah. five foot. Yeah, which is. A worry at times. Yeah, you feel like there's the trade-off with these keepers who are great at making saves like that, and they're all good with their feet. Like, yeah, but what about the rest of the BC? Yeah, across the board, yeah, yeah. It? Does worry me when a keeper goes wandering, though, halfway up the pitch. You know, you think, oh, somebody's going to have a go. Somebody knows he's going to do that. They're going to chip yeah. in one day. Yeah, joining the midfield press. as, yeah. as Louis yeah. Jagger. It was a bit like <laughs> when we signed him. The kind of the talk on the official site and interviews and stuff was very much kind of like ball-playing goalkeeper, great with his feet and stuff. I was like good like it's part of the game you've got to distribute well and like yeah. find defenders find your midfielders what does that but mean? I hope he can catch, catch it <laughs> 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 he's not wearing goalie gloves we've <laughs> oh, no. gone so big on that so so big on the style of play and like I know, I really don't mind if we have to sacrifice some, some passing football sometimes to grind out some results I really don't mind yeah. I mean with me I know it's a long time ago and, and football is different since 2011 but under Powell and the famous kind of 100 point 101 point season it wasn't always pretty and I'm sure I mean t- 2018 we were kind of up and down it's patchy it wasn't kind of beautiful free-flowing football all season you think of the teams that went up last year were they kind of total football outfits kind of Rotherham and, and even no. Sunderland they nah. weren't, so I don't know. It's, it's good, though, because it's not very Charlton to think we're really going to entertain and we're going to keep the ball on the ground all game. That's fun. That's novel. 
but I hope we're kind of ready to sacrifice it for the, the gritty ones as well. Well, I think we saw a little bit of it against QPR when um, Owen O'Connell was was getting the ball, especially in the second half, and he was like playing long balls, like decent mm. long balls, like mm. cross-field balls to, out to yeah. uh, to Jayasimi, and 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 that was quite a nice contrast from the from the tiki taka yeah that that <laughs> <had> been <laughs> promised with Garner ball. That was one of the things I was thinking about when people are saying there's going to be we need to buy another striker, we need to loan a striker, and I was like, if it is this tiki taka like Guardiola stuff. Are we just going to get injuries to the strikers and then just play Jack Payne as their false nine for the whole season? That's, that's you know, that you know what? Don't like start saying false that. nine. Oh. About tactics. Panic when tactics gets mentioned. Yeah, I don't know about tactics. Fear in his eyes when yeah. tactics comes up. <laughs> yeah, just get the ball with the player and hope he scores. Let's yeah. say that. But there we are. Do we think we're going to get a, a striker in though before the end of the uh, the window? Well, because obviously Chucks is Chucks will get us twenty goals. You know, may get us. 20 games a season and may get 15 goals or something yeah. like that but, and I saw um, some genius on Twitter refer to him as uh, Chuck's A&E-K which I wish I'd thought good. of it's very good <laughs> you're jealous though. I am jealous <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah I, I mean I saw Fleetwood were linked with Carl Stockton and I thought well, I think we should be going for Carl Stockton yeah and he looks just the kind of like um the standard he got loads of goals last season yes you know, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is yeah and he might do it again but I think where where was the you know the Carl Stockton conversation of the last five years do you know what I mean like if he's because he's 28 or something now isn't he yeah well no, yeah. that's what I mean right. now, now he's good we should buy him maybe we don't have a chance because you know Fleetwood's manager Scott Brown so maybe he's just going to take him he's just going to Go in and just take a player because he's he's not a man you mess with. Well, we might be like, oh, we'll try and put no Scott Brown just kind of get him and <laughs> stick him in the put a bag over his head. Now he's a Fleetwood player. Maybe. Yeah, I'd thought of it like that. Feels a bit Nicky or Jose to me. Do you know what I mean? That great season. I hated him. Yeah, I hated him too. Cause he was poor. I didn't hate that. That's a strong word. Oh no, I, I, I don't think it's, it's that strong. <laughs> I hated him. God, you got you can't leave it just there. Why? Is it an irrational um, hatred? He did the goal yeah. Yeah, it was it was fairly irrational. Not, not <laughs> it irrational. It, was, it wasn't irrational. <laughs> irrational, even. But there irrational. you go. Yeah, it's a bit like my irrational hatred of Fulham for, for no reason yeah, at all. Uh, yeah, there's something about Fulham I just don't like. I can get behind that. I can get behind irrational hatred, and I can get behind hating Fulham. Yeah. I got I got told off by Chris Powell for hating Fulham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he told me off for that. So yeah, we won't go there. But yeah, you do as football fans, you do have irrational hatreds of footballers and things like that. Yeah, I, mean. I think with the Fulham thing, it's kind of like someone's a bit of bitterness. Anyone who's sort of I think on a par with us in terms of size of club, but is doing much better. <laughs> like Fulham's absolutely that's in that jealousy, like, isn't should, it? Yeah, it's jealousy. I'm just jealous, maybe. Mm. But like, it's easy to channel through kind of light hatred. Yeah, I don't know. it's like Brentford. You know, you go, oh, what a fantastic job they're doing, and you're gritting your teeth. Yeah, Brighton. That used to be us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. We're bigger than all of those clubs. Yeah, Brian's yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah. I see. I've got. I, I do like Brighton. Now. I do have a thing. I do like Brighton. They've got a lovely ground. They've got a great chairman. That's got a good philosophy. Of things. They've got a good team. A bit of friendship, maybe between the yeah. supporters, understanding kind of yeah. like tribulation. The ground's in the middle of nowhere. And the stadium is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you have to get it, like a twelve-minute train just to it's like a field isn't it I don't yeah, know it's in the middle of it's, nowhere it's well yeah it's down by the University of Sussex in Falmer you know it's down that way at least not it's not Whitehall better than the Withdean remember watching we I think drew there between Christmas and New Year driving down with oh. my brother 
and because you know you got the massive running track at the Withdean, yeah. and the the fog descended, <laughs> and so second half we couldn't see Rob Elliott in the Charlton goal defending it. <laughs> so when we're getting attacked and attacked, we're just looking to our right to look at the Brighton stand, just to go, are they are they happy? Is this a real chance, or is that is it a goal? Like it was absolute, yeah. Chaos, yeah, there's, there's been there's been a few. I remember a game over at Sellers Park like that many many years ago because um, you're all young. I hate you all, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, Sellers Path, I think it was in the Simmered Cup or something like that, where you couldn't see the other at the end of the game, you know. Proper football. I think I think Bob Boulder was in goal that night. And, and we'll have to confirm this. We'll have to get hold of Boulder for, for, for the pod because he's, he's got some tales. Um, and um, I'm sure he was still out there because they didn't tell him that the game had finished or, or they'd gone off for the, you know, the, 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 well, the whistle blow from the first half. It? Yeah, it's the Bartram story. But I'm sure Bob Boulder was like that as well. So he'll confirm that. I'm probably completely wrong about it, but I do remember <laughs> a game like that at, at Sellers being fogged in. But yeah, going back to irrational hatreds, I got an irrational hatred of Brian Kilcline. <laughs> Um, I don't know why. I mean, he, he was a he was a decent player playing for Swindon Town, and every time he got near the ball, I started screaming "ugly" at him. That's just unkind, though. It was unkind. Was yeah, he ugly or was he? He was. He was. Oh God, yeah, he's ugly. Well, he, he went on to win the FA Cup with Coventry, didn't? Yeah, he? it was after he won the the FA Cup. This was Swindon when they come down right. from they had that one season oh, in okay. the Premier League, and they come down and and he was heading the ball. And and at one time he turned around and looked at the Charlton fans, and and I kind of hid because I think he knew it was me. And he would have got me outside. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll avoid shouting ugly at footballers again, but but there we are. But the, there are a few ugly footballers, and Brian Klein was definitely one of them. I remember being at a game, um, like a Johnson's Paint Trophy game. It was Wickham Wanderers versus someone I was at university, and there wasn't very many people there. For Good night out. Was that Dagenham and Redbridge, <laughs> maybe? I forget who, but it was whoever it was. It was um, John Parkin, yeah. big lump up oh. front. But there wasn't very many people, so you could hear. Presumably, he could hear what was being said in the in this standing section. There were two women in front of me, and they were like screaming at him. And one of them said like something horrible. I don't know what it was. But he just looks back, and I was behind him. It looked like he was looking at me. But he looked just up at the crowd, and he was just he just went, "Please stop." <laughs> <laughs> and the women were like. Ooh. <laughs> ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
I said I'd buy her dress and tiara. Oh, that's great. Now I'll diara. The wasps in the loft are expensive and pesky. Yeah, you've guessed. It's Paul Kincheski. At the cash point, sod all to withdraw. It's what I call Danny Murphy's Law. Paul Mortimer, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for coming. Great to be here. Um, what are you up to at the moment? At the moment, well, after this I've got a client. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a psychotherapist. So um, I, I have an in private practice, also a, a clinical supervisor as well. Um, but I, I, I work with uh, certain organisations uh, around counselling uh, athletes. So I work for Sporting Chance. Um, and I'm, I've got to say I'm very uh, happy to do that because I look back on my career and I realise that I struggled, you know, mentally and emotionally. I had so many injuries having to come back from them. And I, I, I feel proud of myself that I did come back because mentally playing for a month and missing three months, playing for a month and missing three months and people telling you you're injury prone and people telling you this and, you know, I look back on it now, it's a very, very difficult thing. And I didn't have this kind of support. And that's why I, I definitely think it's important for people like me or people that have played the game to become therapists because so, they understand the the challenges that that, that players have and and I'm I'm really I really feel happy that I'm a, you know find myself fortunate enough to be able to do this. But that's not something that Charlton fans necessarily remember nearly as much as the kind of spectacular goals and the memories. Would you rather have been kind of someone perhaps wasn't as spectacular and kind of remembered for those like individual moments, but could play forty six games a season year after year, or kind of maybe more what you were. <sighs> It's a difficult one. I wouldn't wish what I had on anyone because, you see, it's the disappointment. It's the disappointment. I can remember one game we played Port Vale away. I was on the bench coming back from injury and um, I warmed up and I, I was, you know, warmed up properly and, and came on a sub. I think it was about seven or eight minutes later. Her, her had to come off and I looked at the manager's eyes and from there, like, he didn't trust me anymore. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I, I really wouldn't. Um... Having said that, I really wouldn't change much. You know, I, I dreamt of being a, a, a professional footballer. I dreamt of playing in front of my mates, and I did. I dreamt of, you know, I'd watched, you know, people that I loved uh, play football, managed to play with some of them. I was a huge John Barnes fan. So when John Barnes came to, to Charlton, wow, it was like, I remember playing, I think I only played once with him. I think we played a reserve game against Southampton. I can't tell you what happened in the game. All I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm playing this John Barnes. That was it. I was like a fan. So I got to do that. I was, you know, when I look, I played with Cyril Regis, I played with Paul McGrath. You know, what have I got to complain about? That must have happened yeah. quite a lot during the Premier League days when you were playing with yeah. heroes. And yeah, I was absolutely brilliant. And, and so I don't, I don't complain at all. I don't. Because for every one of me, there's 25, 30 who don't get anywhere near it. And for some odd reason, I was the one. Um, and yes, you know, <laughs> why do... Why does Ryan Giggs play 600 games and other people can't play 50 because they're injured? No one knows why. Because I tell you now, I've worked as hard as him, mm. but it doesn't matter. So something, you know, my body just wasn't suited to it. I, I don't know. Um, misdiagnosed a couple of times, if the truth be told. The only time I really found out what was wrong was after I'd retired and I went to see a physio who, who showed me very, very quickly what was wrong. And I'll be honest with you, I cried 
because he showed me for the first time exactly what was wrong. But I'm like, there's no point in me doing it now because, you know, I wish I'd come to him earlier. Um, but I, I wouldn't, would I change it? I'd change the impact it had on my wife, you know, and my family. Well, having to go through that all the time, you know, it's a difficult thing. I mean, if I was to tell you my children, my children remember football by the dinners they had in hospitals. Wow. They will tell you the private hospitals that we've been to. Dad, I remember having dinner there. There was one by Brands Hatch. I remember that, Dad. I remember us having dinner there. That's what they remember. Oh, man. How sad is that? Oh. So, so yes, I wouldn't, there's things I wouldn't wish on people because, you see, what people don't see is, is and there's bits in it that, that people don't see, that the times where you come back and, and you come back by yourself and you're doing it by yourself. I can remember at Bristol City. At Bristol City, the training ground, the injured stayed at the training ground and the fit players went, obviously, to, sorry, the injured stayed at the ground with the, with the head physio and the, um, the, 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 the fit players went to the training ground. Well, I'd got injured to start a pre-season. And for the first three weeks of pre-season, no player got injured. So from nine till five, I never saw another player. I was on my own. No one else got injured. So for three weeks, I was at the training ground. The physio would turn up, give me some work to do. I'd do it all day. So, I mean, I don't know how demoralizing that was, but I had to get through that. So there are bits I wouldn't wish on anyone. But there are some magnificent moments that that I, live with me forever. Do you think you would have benefited from the the way medical science and physiotherapy has progressed in the last ten, yes. fifteen years? In a nutshell, yes. I would have been uh, I would have been sorted out and fit very quickly. Right. I mean, I know I had injections. People were telling me this is what it is, and I I, I went all over England for stupidness because people were telling me you should do this and you should do that and the physios were trusting them and and you know I had rows with everyone because I actually sat in front of the physio and said you don't know I would rather you say to me do you know what I don't know because one week you're telling me I feel it in my bones it's this and the next week you're telling me it's in my blood it's this and I'm sort of like no you don't know you don't know and and now with the the way you know the scientific way that the the, the medical teams look at things um, this would have been sorted out very quickly, yeah. um, but it wasn't my era, wasn't my time, and yeah. and I don't, I don't begrudge it because would I want to be a player now? <sighs> Everyone looks at the money and says yes, but money was never my motivation. I don't see many players enjoying it. It doesn't look like fun anymore, and and part of it, football is serious fun. There's a serious aspect to it. I know that. But it's also got to be that I'm in the playground again, <laughs> and it's not there. It looked fun for you, the way you played. Loved it. And I always wonder, like, if that was like, a deliberate thing, it kind of in your head, like, to sort of entertain and do certain things, or is it just, like, a byproduct of how you played and your team? It's just how I played. It's just how I played. I mean, it's funny. A lot of people would say, oh, you know, he doesn't read the game very well. He's, he's out of position all the time. No, no, I knew exactly where I was. <laughs> but I refused to do things. I mean, I, I refused to run back and help the foot the left back because I played left back. And I used to say to my left winger, you stay up the pitch. Because if I can't deal with this guy 1v1, I shouldn't be on the pitch. So I used to have loads of rows. I used to refuse. I'm like, why am I running back? Who was the I, left backs that you were pissing Who was up? it? <laughs> Me and Mark Reed used to row all the time. Oh, really? I used to row all the time. <laughs> but I would, I would refuse to. I'd say, no. No, I'm not. I mean, Chris Powell was brilliant to play with. Because he, you know, he was like, yeah. But then he was always going to be a top player, so there's no problem. But no, I would refuse because I know I'd played left back myself. Um, played with Scott Minto as well. Scott Mint, yeah, good player, not a problem. Very, very good player. Anthony Barnes as well, right. very, very good player. I played. It's funny. 
probably the best of a lot. I remember playing um, West Ham reserves uh, with a 15-year-old Koncheski. Oh. And... It's only a year before his debut. Yeah. He's young, wasn't he? And I'm telling you now, he's good enough. You just looked at him and thought, well, he knows. There's only two players at Charlton that, that I looked at like that and thought, yeah, him and Kevin Lisby. Just thought, they know. They know. They know what they know what's required. And, you know, Liz should have been better or he should have been treated better mm. because I felt that he was taken off too often. I remember he scoring a hat-trick and then that still wasn't good enough for him to stay inside. Yeah. Um, and, and he was a far, far better player than people gave him credit for. I mean, Koncheski, the way he went is not a surprise for me. He should have played more for England. But, you know, he, he was that good. And, and I was delighted to play with him at 15. I think he was 15. He was magnificent. Magnificent. You say you um, you like to entertain the fans when um, when you celebrated goals, for instance. Yeah. So, uh, I, I've said this to you before, yeah. and you know where I'll go with this. Go right? on. It was Ipswich Town, yeah. and you came back and you scored an equaliser, and you were running into the crowd. Yeah, and that bloody steward slammed the gate shut. Yeah, in front I of you. know, <laughs> I know, but I mean, it's it, it means a lot to me. You know, when I know what I've been through and and how much I'd probably guess maybe eighteen months, two years of football I've missed through in my career for injury, maybe more. So to score goals, to be able to do that, I mean, it's it's funny. I've got a picture at home. Um, old Tom Morris, bless him. Oh. He'd taken a picture of me scoring and running towards the fans many moons ago. And a friend of mine uh, blew it up to a size. They've got it in their toilet, by the way. <laughs> but, but I look at it, and when you look at it, there's grown men hugging each other in the crowd. There's people like just, you know, all over the place and you think I did that and you just think that's what scoring a goal means and did you feel like that at the time did you feel loved and were you kind of aware yeah. that you were producing that elation yeah 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 I mean it's it's you know I'm a QPR fan I used to stand you know on the right side of the loft and and watch Stan Bowles and people like that and, and love love I mean and if, if I'm honest I grew with that what I used to love more than anything else was taking players on that meant more to me than scoring goals Literally, it did. the 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 actual journey towards the goal was 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 just <laughs> where I got my fun. Yeah, it is. You're it is. On another man, and it's yeah, it's stronger. Then normally, it's more than one man, but <laughs> which is great fun. If you can do that, it's great. It's, it's honestly, it's great fun. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, scoring goals is great. You know, I, I wasn't a goal scorer. You know, there are other players who were goal scorers. Clive Mendonca was a goal scorer. You know, he, he you know you serve him and he scored. The, the years that I played with Clive. I can't I remember what game was it. I can't remember it was Crew or something like that with two nose goes down and stuff. And we st we got Clive, and we ended up winning. And, and I can remember I think it was at Norwich where they battered us. And, and after about eight or nine minutes, we're two up, and we're <laughs> running the back with our hands over. Our mouth. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. it was like, what the hell's going on here? It was ridiculous. But but Clive would just score goals, and and you know he was he was that good. And and so when you have a goal scorer, respect that goal scorer. Yeah, Clive. Mm. Um, Mark Kinsella said in, in the magazine, we, he said, we just knew if we got the ball in the box, problem. he's going to score. It was never a problem. Never. For me, I didn't see us losing games. Not if we had him in the side, because if we could, and we could create chances, if they went to him, more often than not, he's scoring. So it gave you a confidence going into games, knowing that if we defend properly and we, we were capable of that, we create chances because we had the opportunity to do that. We had the ability to do that. And we had a genuine top quality goal scorer. So we knew that that we would we would be successful. Have you got a favourite goal that you scored? <sighs> Always the first. 
Right. Always the first at, at, at Norwich in, bless him, Flans boots. Was that um, your first? Yeah, I know yeah. that's the famous one. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Norwich it's, it's solo the effort. Yeah, yeah, the, the, um, the, the, the commentator said Lieburn scored, funnily <laughs> enough. And, oh, and my, my daughter, it's funny, a few years ago, my daughter was at uni in Cardiff and um, she used to ring me up on Mondays because... I don't know if my mates are child fans, but she used to cheat at the uh, the, the the quiz, the pub quiz, because she'd always get in touch with me for the answers. <laughs> and and she rang me up really irate, and she was like, "Dad, I'm having a row with this idiot who says that that goal you scored at Norwich, Carl Lieburn scored it." And, da -da 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 -da. and I said, "No, it was me." And she went on on Facebook, and like she can swear, and she was cursing <laughs> out. Good. This is my D -d 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 dad. Okay, it's not Carl Lieburn. No, Carl Eben, love him, but it's not Carl Eben. Get it right. She was irate, mate. But yeah, that's that's probably the one for me because it was I was knackered after it. But it was <laughs> it was it was a good day. It was a good game. You know, it was a young side, um, full of mates as well. Yeah, we're yeah. still mates now, and it was it was there were good times as well. Good times. It's when you know there was a bit of fun in football then, which I just don't think is there now. How was Curbs with the kind of, you meant the fun factor and how you were as a player not always tracking back, etc. Because I think of Curbs players, I think, we had Klaus and Yeds, we had some mm. classy players, mm. but Curbs players probably the more of the grafter. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. kind of relaxed about your um, approach? No, he'd always give, <laughs> give me grief, but I'd refuse to do it. I, I can remember a couple of games where we didn't play any football and the ball was in the air. It literally was. And I said to him, half time, take me off. Because you know I'm not going to flourish in this. You know what I am. The, the ball's in the air. I'm getting a neck ache. The ball's in the air. We, we are refusing to play football. And it, and it wasn't arrogant. It really wasn't arrogance because I think people thought it was. I'm not going to have any effect on this game. And um, for me, I used to, what I used to say to Curb sometimes is, this is true. I'll slot back into a position where they have to work to get the ball past me but I'm not going to stand next to the fullback because what was happening was, and this is where, you know, you, you look at people who were box-to-box -box wide men, they'd cross the ball and within two seconds they'd be back there. And I'm sort of like, well, I came from the era where you'd cross the ball and then you'd walk back with the fullback and you'd just be chatting <laughs> and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you cross it and you're expected to be, now the ball's off in row Z. Well, not, not, not from my cross, but from the forward's finish. But, you're expected to run back just to be there. And I'm sort of like, that doesn't make sense. For me, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all because as far as I'm concerned, having played fullback, having played all the way across the back four, if you can't deal with your guy 1v1 or delay him till I get there, you should not be on the pitch. You shouldn't be on the pitch. It's as simple as that. Um, and, you know, we went for a spell where we had people who could run like the wind back towards our goal. And then, but for me, the worry was when we stepped up a level, I always said, look, it's not going to be about that. Mm. We have to be able to keep the ball. We have to be able to keep the ball better. And if we're not prepared to do that, then we may as well stay in the lower divisions because we deserve to be there. Was, so, was it a struggle that first season after the playoffs? It was, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I'd got injured. I'd got oh, Billy McKinley. Yeah. <laughs> Blackburn, I was going to score and he just, oh, it was painful, so painful. But yeah, um, it was difficult. It was difficult. I mean, it's, Again, the, the art is bringing new players in, paying them more than the players that were there and being able to integrate that successfully. It's an art and it was very difficult without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it was a challenge. It was hard. Yeah. It, it was close though, wasn't it? At the end, we, you know. They, yeah, they, no, it was close. It yeah. was, I mean, we were a good side. I don't yeah. know what says. We were a good side. Oh God, yeah. We were a very good side and I thought it was unfortunate. Had we stayed up, 
that would have been it for us. I think we would have mm. been able to establish ourselves there because I think we were good enough. Yeah. I really do. It was really disappointing because I just think, you know, it's not like we're Norwich at the moment where they just were rubbish going mm. down. No, we weren't that. Mm. We weren't that. And we, we deserved to stay up, but, you know, it didn't happen. And that was, that was disappointing. Yeah. I, and the disappointment of that season as well was the injuries that season as well, losing key players such as Mendonca. Couldn't do it. And, you know, Rufus as well. Yeah, injured. couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. Couldn't do it because you didn't have the finances to, to replace them. Yeah. And, and when you're in that situation and you, you step up to the top division, you have to, there's certain things that have to happen. The nucleus of the side have to stay fit. The rest of it's interchangeable, but the nucleus of the side, the goalkeeper, the two centre-halves, centre-mids, centre-forwards, the rest of us are interchangeable, but they have to stay fit. We have to keep them fit. We have to add to the squad correctly. Mm. And then, you know, we have to hopefully catch some teams on a poor day. We have to, you know, because we don't have the resources that the teams that, that are established have. We just don't. And, and, and so, you know, there, there are certain things that have to happen. If they don't happen, it becomes very difficult. Mm. So, football for you, obviously, you've, you've, you've been for a few teams. Um, we won't mention the ones from Surrey, but... Um, <laughs> and obviously there was the move to Villa there was the big money yeah. move to Villa yeah. and I know as again we've spoken about this me and you yeah. before about this but but moving there with Ron Atkinson and for you it really didn't work out did it well it, do you know what if he could honestly say that I wasn't good enough I'd you know but he can't say that no um what, what had happened is I'd gone there and it's funny I mean it's how luck has it they have club houses and club cars and things like that and I just missed out on one and things probably would have been different. So he said to me, um, I'm a kid at the moment. I'm very young. I'm like, but, but what me and my, my wife were like was, we just can't find a house somewhere. And they went, no, no, I'll find you one. Don't worry about it. I'll find you one. It's not a problem. And um, we were in a decent hotel and then they moved us to a cheaper one and they moved us to a cheaper one. I'm like, we're going to go and find a house. No, 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 don't. No, 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 no. Okay. And then, he moved us to this, I think it was the moat house or the post house in West Bromwich. And we turned up at about six o'clock in the evening and I've got young kids and the, there's nothing to eat there. So I ring him and he's having a party at his house and he says, take them to McDonald's. And I'm not really, I don't really like bad language or swearing and stuff, but I took a deep breath and for about five minutes, I cursed him. I cursed him and I've never done that before. Now, from the very next morning, I knew I was leaving because I could not do anything good enough. It didn't matter what I did. I was uh, uh, the, 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 the one he picked on the whole time to the point where I can remember us playing a game and uh, Gary Penrose was playing up front and he just, every chance fell to him and he couldn't score. And I remember having had weeks of abuse from him. I'm sort of saying, right, if he has a go at me uh, at half time, I'm gonna go back for him now. I'm definitely gonna go back. So we come in at half time, I've done okay. And I'm just sitting there gripping the chair thinking, yeah, he's coming around to me. <laughs> Gary Penrose is sitting to my right and he's gone around to everyone and he's come to Gary Penrose and I'm like that ready to go. And I'm thinking, right, I'm just going to... And he has a pop at Gary Penrose who has a pop back at him. Well, my God, <laughs> he went for Penrose, Penrose went for him. It, it, just all over. So I'm thinking, I'll just leave that this week. But it was, it was, you know, honestly, when someone says to you in training, when you do something, well, yeah, but you, I don't think you can do that in the game, can you? Just, just stuff like that. And I'm a, I'm a very young kid as well. It was, it was not right. But then I'm sitting in the hotel in the, um, having lunch. 
and uh, there's a phone on the wall over there. Phone rings, and one of the people there goes and gets it. I know them. It's for you, Paul. So I'm saying, oh, okay. It's Steve Coppel. Like, now, I know nothing. It's Steve Coppel. Paul, Ron said that, you know, I can have a chat with you and da 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 And I went, I went um, Steve, you know me from Charlton. I can't play for you lot. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about you lot, lump the ball at the pitch. So, no problem. I, you know. But Paul, you know, we're going to buy Michael Gabbiadini. We're, we're going to change the way we play. We're going to pass it. But I went, I don't believe you. He went, no, no, no. He said, he said we are. He said, I, you know, there's changes going on. You know, I think it's sold Ian Wright. And, and you know, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to. No, it's okay, fine. Click, put the phone down, come back. My wife Sharon says, who is that? I explained to her. And I'm, while I'm explaining to her, the phone rings again. It's Ron Atkinson. So, uh, you've heard from Steve Koppel? I went, yeah, but I ain't going anywhere. And he said to me, he took a deep breath, he said to me, I would advise you for the best interest of your family to leave. Jeez. So I'm sort of sitting there going, what does he mean? And what's it got to do with yeah, my family? Shady. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What's it got to do with my family? So they're coming up tomorrow and, and it would be advisable for you to talk to them. Sat down and spoke to my wife and, and I'm just saying, you know, and, and what happened was she'd been marooned in the hotel and she said, speak to him. I'm like, yeah, okay. So a couple came up, Ron Nodes came up, offered me what we, and the weird thing was, offered me what they offered me fine no problem it wasn't the money was an issue so I go and the first training session because I know some of the lads Eric Young says to me Maltz what the hell are you doing here we lumped the ball up the pitch you're never going to get a touch I know you're a good player but what the hell are you doing why are you here so this this was the first thing Youngie says to me I went thank you Youngie <laughs> and it was it was you know Palace was Palace was strange it was strange. Um, it was it was almost like um, the band was breaking up because they were, they were a good side, by the way. Good players, you know, Jeff Thomas, Andy Gray, good good players. Andy Thorne at the back, Richard Shaw, um, Eddie McGoldrick, Mark Bright up front. Good, <laughs> no no word. Like it. It's a proper side. Yeah, we pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but there was a lot of infighting and and and, and all of that and um, and. I, I, you know, I'm a very young 21-ish and I'd only been to Charwan, which would have been pretty tame. Well, at Palace, there were fights every other day. And I, I, honestly, I'm going home to my wife and say, you wouldn't believe, you just wouldn't believe. Between the players? Yeah, just, and, and, and then there was this, um, they still played youngins versus oldens, northers versus southerners. And, so it'd be youngins versus oldens and it's like winning goal. And uh, I think Andy Woodman's in goal, I think, catches the ball and one of the other players, I think like David White, bless him, studs in his chest. Oof. Drops the ball, and they're fighting. Now it's Crystal Palace. These are proper fights. There's no joke. These are proper fights. So there's a stampede towards the gun. I think it's a cousin. it might be Wally Downs running towards the gun. I'm thinking, in my naivety, well they're going to stop the fight, aren't they? Nope. Runs, taps the ball in the net, runs off celebrating. <laughs> if I was to say to you, mow the groundsman. They've got a cup. Mow the groundsman's got the the, the tractor. Everyone's on the cut on the on the tractor with the cup. They're still fighting over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I go. I'm, I'm like I, I just don't. I what? I, <laughs> and just to compound it, um, the training ground it was it was in Tooting. Where Tooting and Mitchum's ground is actually. Mm. They used to have a long winding row uh, 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 a path up to the the main pavilion. There'd be pitches at the front and pitches right at the back, and then there was a hill that went up to the public. 
So one day we're training on the pitches in front of the pavilion. I kid you not. A burning car comes down the back and blows up. <laughs> and I'm just like, no one will believe me. No one, no one is going to believe me if I tell you that a burning car, that's what it was like. It was just like a madness. The whole thing was just, just nuts. It, it was just nuts. The whole thing was just nuts. The whole thing was just, it was just a madness. It really was. It was, you know, these players didn't get on well, but got on on the pitch. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I say it again, quality players very very good players honestly they, you know you talk about England internationals you talk about international footballers mm. they, were, they were that good um, but it, 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 again it's like when a band's due to break up that, that literally was, was what happened and, yeah. and for me I, I was there for a while um, some good mates there as, as well um, and then I think I, I went to Brentford on loan yeah oh the, the, so <laughs> I'm I'm a um, you know, you get to a, a, you know when you get to training in the morning, it starts at half ten. I normally get there you know, quarter to nine, nine ish, something like that, to do my work and and stuff like that. So, Brentford tell me it's in Osterley. Uh Ten thirty training starts. Okay, fine. I get there at because I'm trying to make my way. I get there quarter to nine ish. It's deserted. <laughs> nine o'clock, deserted. Nine fifteen, deserted. Nine forty five, deserted. I ring the club. Am I at the right place? Yeah. Ten o'clock deserted 10 15 deserted 10 28 <laughs> there's a procession of cars that come in and they all park up and the center forward who i'm not going to name has got a toast in his hand <laughs> mug of tea eats the toast drinks the tea throws the cup and we're training <laughs> you gotta name who it is i'm not naming <laughs> i just was like are you kidding me your <laughs> hold was the manager is a great guy but in my experience, looking at that team, should have been better. Got relegated, always was going to get relegated. Right. Mm. Because there's just the mindset just wasn't right. Mm. It just wasn't right. And they're great lads. And some good players there as well. Mm. But it just, 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 and then I came back from that. I played six games for them. Came back from that. And uh, I think not so long after that, maybe a little bit more after that, Curbs came back. Uh, I remember him and Gritty, they met me over my way. And um, uh, it was good to see him actually. It was good to see him. And, um, you know, the minute they said, do you want to come back? I'm sort of like, yeah, yeah, I'll come back. It's no problem. And he explained to me. It was a bit weird, him and Gritty, to be honest. Yeah. But because I played with them both as well. Yeah. And, and you know, and they were good for me. Curbs taught me a lot about possession and things like that. And Gritty just, yeah, he was it was good with me, you know. And, and, you know, it was very difficult because they both could be fiery in their own way <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes <laughs> probably argue amongst themselves but no it was great it was great to go back it was great that would to have go been back. sort of the Upton Park era would it? no after the Upton Park era oh so we're yeah, back yeah, at the Valley back, okay. yeah, yeah back right. at the Valley it was, yeah well I never went to the Upton Park bit, although I saw a few games there right. that was just a strange thing for yeah. me the mm. Upton Park. it was a madness it really was right but needs must You've got us where we needed to go exactly right. in the long uh, not, not knocking it, it kept talking strong. of uh, managers how big an influence was Lenny Lawrence on huge huge for me still the best manager Really? Just, yeah, still the best manager I played for because he just knew. So there'd be some days when I'm playing well when he'd come in at halftime and say, just get the ball to him. Just just get the ball to him. I don't know why, just get the ball to him. <laughs> and he's, you know, and, and, and he was very good with you. And there'd be times where, you know, um, we used to play oh, New Year's Day and, and that at 11 o'clock and stuff like that. And it was weird because um, he'd taken, he took me off in one game because I'd... I just, you do stuff for love. This was before I was married. Um, 
the girl I was with at the time and I had to go and pick her up from somewhere in Essex before the games. I said, remember, it's 11 o'clock. So come back to my house and then come to the game. And 20 minutes in, I'm just, Lenny says to me at half time, come on, just come on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it was like. But for me, he was very good with words. He just knew. And, I, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't knock, I'm not, Alan Kerbishley was probably the greatest manager, without a doubt, for, for what he did, without a doubt. But Lenny was just as important mm. for me. The, oh God, yeah. the, the foundations were definitely Lenny's, definitely Lenny's. Mm. And so for me, he will always have my respect, always. When there's no kind of right to build foundations either, like without a ground, the club was a mess, we were in total limbo, weren't mm. we? <laughs> for me, like I said, he had to deal with all of that all of that. Now, what modern day manager has to deal with any of that? Can't, can't think of one. That's what I thought was mad, thinking about just eras of football. When you talk about Ron Atkinson, he was talking about your accommodation. Mm. Go from hotel to mm. hotel, house to house, the manager of the team. Yeah, work that one out. I, I, that one, that one <laughs> was that normal at the time? I don't know. <laughs> I was this wet behind the ears 20 year old who didn't have a clue about anything. So I have no clue whatsoever, but he made these promises to me that, that he didn't keep. Uh, but that's life. I, w I wouldn't, you know, I'd love to have been better there. I'd love to have stayed longer, but it just didn't happen. And, and it's disappointing because you kind of think your chance at doing something's gone. And, and, and it's gone not because of my performances on the pitch. And that was a disappointment. But do you know what? Honestly, I can't do anything about that. I just had to get on with it and I tried my best to get on with it. You know? So you talk about managers. Did you ever think you'd end up as a manager yourself? <sighs> no. To be truthfully honest, no, hmm. no, 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 no. Um, so how did that happen then? Well, I coached. Um, it's funny because when I finished playing, for because the career fizzled out as it did, for about the first year after, I was lucky I have a fabulous family. I don't know I got out of bed. I struggled hugely because of the way, you know, if you think about not being able to trust your body and your job is one of a physical nature, that's what was happening. And, and I couldn't trust it. And, and so... It happened, it was one of my wife's friend's husband ran a, a Sunday side. Mm. And I'm telling you, he chased me for about six months. I'm like, <laughs> no, no. And I had to go up my wife, don't, don't do that. Do not tell people. And he just said, just come and do one session. So, all right, all right. I mean, I, I was like, I, probably, I think I probably turned up late. I was, I was going to turn up late and I was going to leave early. And, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. Funnily enough, I really enjoyed it. And I went back next week and, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this properly. So... I went and, and qualified, did all my badges, and I started at, believe it or not, at Chelsea's Academy, Bishop's Park it was. Uh, sorry, not Bishop's Park, Battersea Park. Um, and I went from there to Wimbledon um, and and MK Dons. Um, and then, I think from there, I think I might have gone from there to Brentford, I think. What time did you turn up? <laughs> <laughs> I was on time this time. Yeah, I think I went, I went to Brentford with Leroy Rosinha and we were, um, I was his assistant. And um, it was very weird because um, Mike Allen had just left and I think all the players' contracts had run down, all the decent players, and they'd gone. So we were left with a group of young players and no money. And how we'd done it, I don't know. We were about fourth or fifth in the table, something like that. And um, we'd gone to Northampton yeah Northampton and I can't remember what his name was he used to be 
um, assistant to Glenn Hoddle. Uh, I forgot what his moustache. Gorman? Is. is it John Gorman? John Gorman. John Gorman was the manager. Yeah. And uh, we won 1 0. And conservatively, it should have been 6 1 to them. How we won one is one of those we're coming off after we're all shaking our hands laughing. David Kerslake's his assistant. We're wetting ourselves laughing because it shouldn't have happened. So me and Leroy then say, look, we need to go and we need to go and speak to the board about some some finances because you know we both know if we lose one game we're losing ten on the bounce because we've got no experience in there. So the board said no because um, sort of we laid out. Look, if we lose one game, we are going to lose eight, nines, tens because we this team is just, no. So we go on a run of uh, no winning 11. We lose eight on the bounce and we lose our jobs. So the chief exec calls me in and the first thing he says to me is, this has got nothing to do with results. <laughs> so I'm like, so the fact that we, it's got, no, it's got nothing. What's it's got? To, it, it, it's your style of management. I went, what, the style of management that got us fourth in the table? Well, you know, it's just, it's not right. How often do you see us manage? Did you come to training? No. Okay, so you're, you're, so it is about the 90 minutes then. No, 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 it's not about the results at all. What's it about then? Well, your style of management. Okay, where do you see our style? Because the style is Monday to Friday. That's, that's, that's where the management's done, Monday to Friday. Saturday is about really being able to facilitate certain situations. But the actual work is done Monday to Friday, which you don't see. Yeah, but the Saturdays. So it is about the Saturdays. Well, no, it's not about the results, but it's just about the way you are. I'm like, I, I'm confused. I don't know what you mean. Because if you'd, if you'd said to me it was about results, I'm holding my hand up. The results are terrible. Having said that, we told you they were going to be terrible <laughs> and you didn't back us, but you just don't want to admit it. So yeah. it, was, it was frustrating. It was disappointing. And um, I think was it prior to that or after that, we, we did Sierra Leone's national side, me and Leroy. So we went to Sierra Leone and... Um, yeah, that was, it worked every emotion. It, it it really worked absolutely every emotion. You'd have these, you know, the, the, the poverty is so acute. People would do anything for you. Now, we get to uh, uh, the airport and then you have to get a helicopter to the to the main the mainland. So we get there late and I'm looking at this helicopter and I'm like, I'm not getting on it. <laughs> do you know when you go to, you know, you go to a museum and you, you know, the, the, the transport museum or something like that and you see this old helicopter. It was a bit like that. I walked past it and said, where's the helicopter? It's that one. Yeah, bullet hole. <laughs> I held, no, I held it up. I held it up for about 10. I'm not getting on it. So I had to get on it and I looked at the floor the whole way through. Okay. Which had bullet holes in the floor. What's well, that floor? Yeah. Trust me when I tell you, okay, because this is going to change. We played Togo. 80,000 in the stadium, 20,000 outside. People looking down from the, the floodlights. It was magnificent. We lost 1-0. Conservatively, it should have been about 8-1 to us. We couldn't hit a barn door, but it was the best experience I've ever had. 80,000 fans roar, knocks you off your feet. After the game, we're supposed to get the helicopter back to the, air, the, 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 uh, the mainland. And um, the Togolese party take it first. And I see the dad um, putting his wife and, and, and daughter onto the, the, the helicopter. So it gets to the airport. It's taxiing, and the um, everything fails. Oof. Hits the floor, bursts into flames. Everyone dead. Oh God! Blimey! Should have been us. Oh. Yeah, should have been us. Good God! Man. Transport secretary sacked. Well, because they just—I mean, you know, mm. corrupt isn't the word. But it's you know, it's it, it was a magnificent experience. Although, <laughs> we, <laughs> Lira got the job, 
and they hadn't sacked the previous manager. Oh, God. So we turn up at training and we're, we're, we're doing our bit and this guy comes along like he's, I don't know, he's like the Prime Minister, hands behind his back and striding out and we're like, who's this? Well, it's the old manager. Well, what's he doing here? Well, he hasn't been sacked yet. What do you mean he hasn't been? <laughs> what the, oh, my God. Your first duty is to sack the no, old manager. Yeah. So the night before the Togo game, we're having a, a team meeting at seven o'clock. So we get to the, the hall at seven o'clock. Don't know the players are there. Where are the players gone? Don't know where the players are. They've gone on strike. The old managers told them that the, the, the federation owes the money. Until the money's paid, they ain't playing. Me and Leo are like, what the hell's going on? We haven't... The, uh. that is mad. They pay it, the players play. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, we couldn't be there for too long. It was just, I mean, we haven't even got long enough now to go into that. Me and Lira were thinking we didn't write a book. Cause so we, we end up losing to Marley and it was a night game and, um, and Lira got stent to the stands because the players had told us before the game, like we're going to lose anyway. It's already been decided because the ref's going to do it. And quite rightly, the ref was terrible. Lira has a go at him. He gets sent to the stand. Now it's not like the, the ref comes over and goes to the stand uh, four armed guards take him up there and stand around him <laughs> so he can't go anywhere. <laughs> no, so we, 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 we leave that night and we get to the airport and we're like, we just want to go home. Just bad enough, just want to go home. So in those sort of parts of the world, wherever you, you move and we travelled a lot, they love a stamp. So you've got a stamp on your, on your, on your, on your passport. And, it, and to get out of it, you had this big blue square stamped on. Now, you couldn't miss it on my passport. So I go up to the, the guy we're going to get on the plane. He looks, there's no blue stamp. I'm like, that one, he's gone, I can't see it. <laughs> like, so we all know what he wants. Yeah. Funnily enough, it's an English guy who spoke the language came up, kicks up such a fuss, got us on. So we get on and we get to Orly Airport in, 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 in France and we look disheveled. We've got lots of stamps. We're black guys. So you kind of know what people are thinking. So, we get stopped initially. The guy looks at it, fine, fine. About 100 yards down, the same guy has another look. About 50 yards down, he has another look, this smiling guy, and he says, you need to come into this room. So we're going to get searched. And the funniest thing I remember is we walk into the room and there's this big sign up on the wall saying, no perishables, you're not allowed to take any food uh, 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 across countries. And I, I, it's, we're in a serious situation, but I'm wet myself laughing. I've seen this black guy in front of me. He's got the biggest suitcase ever. They open it, they take off the clothes, and there is every fruit you can think of in there. <laughs> and he's literally looking and going, I don't know how it got in there. <laughs> so we're wetting ourselves. So we walk into the room, and this, this guy's smiling at us, and he's like smiling, and he's, he's patting us down. Fine. And then behind us, we hear the snap of the gloves. And he's like, we're going to have to, you know. It's touchy toast. Yeah. And... Leroy lost it. He went ballistic and it got us out. So we get to Gatwick. I live in Purley. We get to East Croydon Station. Literally, we're sitting on the floor with a pasty and a can of Coke in our hand and we're shaking. Literally. We, we, we're not going back there, mate. <laughs> Literally, it was just, honestly, it was, it was absolutely incredible. But not saying I'd do it again, but no. I'm so pleased I did it. It was a wonderful experience. I mean, it's a beautiful country. Corruption is just horrific there mm. but you know we, we, we turned up to train first day and um, there's a couple of thousand people in the and I'm thinking wow fantastic oh brilliant fantastic um, put the cones down look up there's 40,000 watching us train oh my god and then what happens after is they all want your stuff so <laughs> at, the, at the end of training the whole of the pitch 
people are crammed around the pitch and all the players you can see them sort of edging towards their kit <laughs> no, not, the ball's over there no, no, edging towards their kit because they have to pick up their kit because everyone will just peel for their kit it was just carnage and that was every day it was, so it was a great great experience but would I do it again? Morts, I know we're running short on time, but uh, do you plan to get down to Charlton this season? Yes, yes. I'm doing a bit for Charlton TV. Um, I can't remember which game. I think it's the Oxford game. Oh, okay. Yeah, was, they asked me to do one uh, in a couple of weeks, and there's a 20th, but, but I can't do it, and, and I'm disappointed. And I did say to him, tell me earlier. Tell me earlier, because I'll fit them in. Because I do want to get down to see Charlton. I think it's going to be very interesting this season. Um, there's a lot of new players coming, new manager coming. Um, I'm just wondering what the expectation is. Yeah. Is the expectation uh, playoffs? I don't know. There's a there's you know better equipped teams have come down as well, you know, and, and we weren't great last year. And it's got to integrate all of these players. Um I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. I'm delighted young Liebman scored. Yeah. Delighted and know the know the lad very well and, and he'll he's you know, he's a good player and we just leave him to get on with with growing because he's 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 a teenager and, and you know, he does, he'll put pressure on himself to be be decent and, and we leave him uh, to, to, to do that. But I'm really looking forward to this season and I'm just interested in what the ambitions are. Yeah, it's difficult to predict, isn't it? It's incredibly difficult to predict um, because we don't know enough. No. You know, we don't really know enough and, and, you know, it's one of those we have to suck it and see, we have to wait and see. Um, although recently, kind of mixed loyalties. I mean, I'm a QPR fan. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know... And, and Charlton beat QPR. <laughs> I was going to say, because you've mentioned, obviously, QPR fan, you mentioned all the different teams and mm. even national teams you've mm. been involved in. Do you still feel like a sense of coming home when you go to the Valley? And Always. One of the family? Always. Always. And and I'd like to come back, because we haven't spoken about Charlton women either, and I'd love to be yeah. able to do that. But mm. again, we're, 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 time time has, has caught us. But yes, yes. I mean, Charlton is is a special club for me. Um, and I'm a, like I say, I'm a QPR fan that knows more about Charlton than QPR. Um, and Q, I'm a QPR fan who, you know, has to admit Charlton's the first score I look for. So, which is weird. Work that one out. But I am a QPR fan. It's my neck of the woods, um, uh, and 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 it's it's something that's important to me. But but this is a fantastic club, Charlton, and um, it's. You know, you go back. I tell you how fantastic it is. You see so many old players there. They always come back, and that doesn't happen at other clubs. Not the way it happens at Charlton. That's and the kids come through. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Paul Mortimer, thank you so much. You're yeah, very absolute well. Absolute gent. Thank you very much. Cheers. Awesome, Paul. You've been listening to the very first edition of Mod Pod from the team behind my only desire, the Charlton Fanzine. Our thanks to Paul Mortimer for being such a great guest, and hopefully we'll catch up with Paul again later in the season for more tales. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us, editor at modmag.co.uk. You can find us on the web at www.modmag.co.uk, or you can find us on Twitter at modmag1905. Don't forget, subscriptions are available to the magazine. Thank you for listening. We'll speak to you again soon.